Hi, today we are celebrating Paul and my homes of Enhanced Body in Dunedin, Florida. So hi, Paul. Hi, Mike. Welcome hi. to the podcast. Thank you for Thank having you us. Thank you for having us. You're so welcome. So what is the origin story of your business? How did you guys start Enhanced Body and, and what is it? You want to take this one? Sure. So, <laughs> so we started off about three years ago. Uh, uh, we took basically different routes in our education and what we did. Um, uh, my worked uh, as a nurse in uh, the hospitals. Uh, I was a firefighter paramedic uh, for a couple of different cities. And we had all these experiences with these different medical practices and medical institutions and EMS. And we basically saw holes and gaps where we thought people needed services and more in depth and just more caring aspect of their healthcare. And we, we knew we could do that. Um, and so we uh, formed Enhanced Body. Uh, it's been an ever-growing situation for the last just three years. We're always adding and looking for new different types of modality to practice medicine. And we are just a more comprehensive, all-in-one healthcare that is designed more for individual care outside of insurance and standard practices of medicine. That pretty much sums it up. I see. Okay. Just looking to really give people that personalized care. I think that's really what we focus on predominantly here is that nothing is cookie cutter here. You don't come in and, you know, you get the same care as the person before you. Every, we take our time and really listen to our patients. Okay. So did I hear you say functional medicine or are you, is functional medicine the core of what you do? So the way that I practice is actually kind of a blend. Integrative is more what I like to call it, is I have a conventional background. So I believe in conventional medicine, but I also feel that it should not be the first and the only thing that, the only way of practice. So I kind of combine both. My goal is to treat people with the least amount of medication as possible and keep them off medication. So in that case, I would I integrate the functional medicine part of that and trying to get to root cause. But if a patient does need medication, I am not against it because there is a time and place for everything. So it's kind of more of an integrative uh, versus one versus the other. Okay. Okay. I'm glad you clarified that. I wasn't, uh, yeah. I wasn't as clear on the functional. I didn't think it was kind of either or. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, practitioners now are one or the other and we're just seeing a more of a need for integrative where that most patients don't swing one way or another they're more in the middle they want medicine if they need it but they also want to not have it if they don't need it and want options on to how to avoid being medicated if it's a possibility so um, that's kind of where integrative medicine comes in into play i see okay. cool yeah, that would, uh, <laughs> that resonates with us. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, medication, you know, the idea of getting on medication and you're going to be taking it for the rest of your life, that's kind of the kind of the way things are in a, a lot of practices. But uh, so right. yeah, more. That's, the, that's the last thing we want. Is As needed, when needed. have to come in and say, hey, you're going to have to take this pill for the rest of your life. And just because a provider says that, that's not necessarily true. There's other factors. 
why you didn't have to take that medication from the very first day you were born. So let's figure out and get you back to a younger, healthier you. And that's always our goal. Awesome. Thank awesome. you. <laughs> Thank you for your service. Need, need more of you. <laughs> yeah, I think you mentioned you're, you don't take insurance or you don't, you work with patients that can yeah. basically pay without insurance. So how it, yeah. So how it works is we're a self-pay self -pay clinic. What does that mean? And I think a lot of people get confused on that. Basically, we don't take any insurance, meaning my visits here are a set price. But I do tell patients, if you have insurance, if I need to order you a diagnostic test or lab, lab work, or if I do need to order a medication, patients can use their insurance for that. So okay. it just, my visits, my time, I don't put a claims out to the insurance companies for that. Um, what that does is that it allows me to practice without having the restraints of what the insurance company says I can and cannot do. It also allows me to spend the time that I need with my patients. Most of my initial visits with my patients are a minimum of an hour long. So I get to really deep dive into the what's going on, the backstory. I'm not at a, at a 15 minute time restraint, which most providers are. Um, so that's, you know, that was my big reason for wanting to do a self-pay clinic uh, because I felt like the biggest complaint I was hearing from patients was I didn't feel like I was being heard. I was in and out in you know, 10 minutes, like I waited five minutes to be seen, I was seen for less than 10 minutes, and then they were out the door. I don't want my patients to ever feel that way. The only way to do that is to do it as a self pay provider, because I can charge that rate and give them the time that they need. Excellent. Excellent. And are, you're, you're an MD, Paul, are you also an MD? I'm not an MD. I'm a nurse practitioner. I'm an independent nurse practitioner here oh. in Florida. Yeah. And oh. Paul's a, a firefighter paramedic licensed. Okay. Okay. Cool. Very cool. Do you guys so know what an independent nurse practitioner She probably does. I'm not sure I do. I'd be happy for you to okay. define it. I, I, yeah, I feel like people kind of don't under like nurse practitioners have been around for a long time, but the independence is newer to Florida. So what that means is that I don't have an MD or DO above me. I don't need a medical director because I, I have an independent license. There are some differences between MD, DOs and NPs, but basically it's just the background of the schooling and, how, and, and what we're doing. And I have a few restrictions that MD and DOs don't, but overall I can assess, diagnose and treat just the same as a um, as a physician would. So, but yes, I am not. So I don't call myself Dr. Holmes because I don't have a doctorate. I have, I'm a nurse, I'm a family nurse practitioner. I have a master's degree. So, um, but I am independent. Okay. Okay. Got it. Very good. Yeah. I did not know about the independent either. So our podcast is titled Celebrating Small Family Businesses. So we want to be sure we cover the family aspect of it. So you guys are husband and wife, I believe. What do you love we are most husband. about working together? <laughs> what do you love most about working together? You start, babe. <laughs> well, we are at times the best combination of both. I mean, I'm definitely more of a risk taker. She is definitely by the book, follow the rules, no risks, 
no nothing and we basically she holds me back and i push her whenever she needs it and i think that that combination of our personalities really has helped us be as successful as we are uh, whenever we started this i mean she was had her super stable job working you know 50 hours a week at a, at a clinic and i was at the fire station full time but i really believed that we could do this and i and i said hey i believe in you i believe in what we can do and you can handle the the practice side and i can handle the business side and and she it took a lot of convincing but i finally got her to to say hey let's do it and um in the same way it's the same way with everything we do inside the office and at home we're very much the same way saying hey i'm always like hey let's do this and we Let's always knock have, down this wall, right? and we always have something to talk about because, because after 17 years of being together, the business—it's you know besides our children, obviously this is our other baby. So we are—it's it—it is definitely difficult to work with a partner, um, but it is so gratifying to work together towards the same goal. And we've had our struggles for sure, but. I wouldn't change it for the world. It's uh, I get to co go to work and my husband gets to be here. We get to spend time together and we're the guide. We guide our future like it's all in our hands. So the harder we work together, the more we are a unit, the more we succeed. And we're a family cool. even beyond that with the business. My the, our office manager actually is our niece. Um, so we're very family oriented family oriented i mean we've all three have we started this thing together and we've all grown together i mean tremendously i mean yeah. she's grown exponentially since she started in that role grown like personal growth as well as growth and skills or how would you oh yes. what's well, an example so she is she was a very shy introverted person and she she has the capabilities of to do anything and just getting, she's very much like mine. She's like, I don't know. And I'm like, you can do this, you can yeah. do this. And especially when it comes to the patient care side, she was very like, oh, I just want to sit behind the computer and, <laughs> and do everything. And I'm like, no, that's not how it's going to work. This is a brand new business and we're going to all wear a lot of hats. And I'm like, you're going to have to do stuff. And I, and, and you know what? She really took it by the horns and she's, just jumped right in there and says, okay, I'm going to be uncomfortable. I'm going to do it and we're going to make this work. And I mean, between these two girls, I just, they had so much faith in me that we could do this and the trust and them just showing up and following the game plan. It was just, it meant the world. Yeah. The support, the support that a family brings you in a business is I think the really thing that really drives the success or the failure. Yes. Yes, I agree. Thank you for bringing that out. Uh, absolutely. Uh, we've worked in, in the family business or around the family business our entire career. Uh, and worked for other family businesses. And we've also, yeah, worked in a couple other family businesses uh, for shorter times. And, uh, and so we've got some, we've seen some of the, we, we've seen both sides. We've seen the challenges and we've also yeah. seen that, what you're talking about, the strengths, you know, that when, yeah. and, and gosh, what you guys are talking about, Paul is Connie and, and I'm, May, as far as you know, <laughs> Connie's the one that she, the risk taker and and sees a bigger picture and and pushes me out of my comfort yeah. zone, and I'm the one that's you know sometimes drag kicking and streaming. <laughs> yep, yep. But, uh, I totally understand so, that. And I'm I'm glad you mentioned both the support of family 
Because, yeah, you, a lot of family businesses have got all their chips on the table, right? They're, they got it all invested. Mm-hmm. And so there's both, there's extra investment there, which means there's extra commitment, but there's also extra percep- extra risk and perception of that risk. And stress. So, and stress, that, whatever stress that comes with that. So yeah. uh, we, we, know, we do hear But also that. extra drive. Are there any? Right, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, we're going to make this work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What is the challenge that you, uh, what, what is what you mentioned challenges? What's an over, a challenge that you've overcome together in your journey that other family members might benefit from hearing? Other, when I say I other, I other family members that might be listening to the podcast. <laughs> so, so for us, it was time and especially my time. Um, at, at the time of us opening this, I was still working full time for the fire department. So that's 24 hours on and 48 hours off. So, Coming up to us opening, I took two months two months off from the fire department. Uh, not really. I took a one month off, completely where I was off, and we remodeled, did a lot of painting, and did a lot of building myself, and getting everything ready. And then once we opened, I still would work every single day, but at nighttime on the days I had to go into work, I'd go in at eight o'clock at night, get off, and then go come right back because we didn't have any employees and I worked as much as I could to save on labor cost. And that was a huge stressor on both of us. I mean, I, there, I think there was one day or one stretch of time where I literally worked 21 days straight and didn't have a day off me being gone at nighttime away from her. And she was still working at her other clinic. It was, it was a big hurdle that I think the biggest hurdle. And the children, I mean, because we have two kids, two boys. So if it was just us without that responsibility, but we have them relying on us. And so whenever he was gone, like it was me, but then I was at the other clinic and he was home. So he's juggling here while juggling the children and their needs don't stop. And they understand to a certain extent, but they can't fully understand why we're always gone or why we're so stressed out or tired because like you said, he'd be up at the fire department, he'd work at nighttime and come home on, and some nights were no sleep. That was definitely a very challenging part of our life. And then you're also just stressed about succeeding. And did we make the right choice? Did we invest all, all this time, money and effort into something that might fail? Small businesses are, you know, they're harder and harder to be successful in these days. Big corporations tend to take over. So it was definitely, and when we opened up, it was right during the beginning of COVID. So we had that other thing kind of like looming as to how is this going to affect us? Is this going to make us thrive? Is this going to make it much more difficult for us to succeed? So we're just really thankful and blessed that we're still sitting here three years later thriving. I think the biggest reason why we got, got over that hurdle is we learned, I mean, Even though we've been together for 17 years, our communication with each other has gotten so much better. I think that was just the number one thing saying, hey, today I don't feel good. And just letting the other person know, I feel this way today. I need a little break today. And just in the other person, even though they're super stressed out too, they just didn't get to tell you that they (laughs) needed a break before you said it. But them understanding and them saying, hey, I got you. Let me take some of this off of you. That was the number one thing that 
not only saved our business, but saved our marriage at that time. And we still practice. We didn't lose that. We're still practicing our communication every day Mm -hmm. and still working on it and trying to get better. So we've become better partners to each other, parents to our kids and business owners. Oh, that's great to hear. That's great to hear. Yeah, I think that's in a lot of families when they work in business together, the family dynamics tend to sometimes overshadow the needs of the work. The family dynamics are more habitual and they're more, they tend to be more taking the other, taking other family members for granted and, and not mm-hmm. communicating in that more open and respectful way. <laughs> and so kudos mm-hmm. to you, for, you know, yeah. for bringing that level, leveling up your communication to include that. That's awesome. Is there anything about being in a family business working together that you know now that you wish you'd known when you started? I got a lot of insight from from my because her her uncles and her dad owned restaurants together. And she said, family business is going to be super hard. Everything she right from the beginning, she was very much into it. But I'm very hard headed. And I said, I know, but we can do this. We can do this. And just seeing the mistakes in the relationships, hearing the stories from her father and how their businesses and what happened to them and what made them succeed and everything was a great mentoring situation where we learned a lot prior to going into this to try to not have those same pitfalls. And with that, we still have a better culture here in our office because we say, hey, even though you guys are our employees, we're your family. We want to help you in your personal lives if you want us to. If you say you have personal things going on, we're going to understand because we are a family here. And that means we want to treat you guys like family. We want to be treated like your family. So having that mindset and that culture, I think, is very important to not just me and her, but everybody that's in this building, including with our patients. A little bit too much with our patients sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I would just say that, generally speaking, finding a mentor, somebody that's, and it doesn't have to be the same type of business. It would be beneficial for it to be that, but reaching out to other small business owners sitting down, having a conversation with them, having somebody like that to lean on is is very important. And then to me, I have a lot of other providers or other nurse practitioners that are looking into opening up their own clinics. And and they're like, well, I'll just kind of do this a little bit here and then and then I'll still work here. And I want, you know, opening up a business is all consuming. It is, it is 24 seven. There is no days off the first few years. It's like, you have to really make that commitment. So if somebody's thinking about it and they're not a hundred percent sure that they're going to jump in with both feet, I'm like, then don't do it. Wait till you can jump in with both feet because that's what it's going to take to succeed. So this whole kind of like, maybe I'll do it. Maybe I won't. To me, I was like, that's not, that's a recipe for disaster because it takes over your life for a while until it kind of things are, are going and, and running smoothly. And you've had some successful years under your belt and you have a routine and your staff is good and all that. So that's my big thing. When I, even when I talk to other providers, I was like, if you're going to do it, you're going to do it, but understand it's going to take a lot of time and it's going to be stressful. Uh, you're going to have your good days, bad days, good weeks, bad weeks till this day. We have a great week. We're on a high. You have a week where you're a little slower and, you know, your heart's in the pit of your stomach that whole week. 
until things pick up again because your paycheck and your livelihood depends on it. I guess that would be what I would really, you know, want other small business, um, potential small business owners to know before venturing into owning their own business. Cool. Excellent. Yes. Mentor. I think I heard you say that you actually spoke to your father and your uncles and got some feedback from them, asked them some questions and had some hard conversations rather than just re- depending on remembering stories from the right. past. Is that right? Oh, that's wonderful. Absolutely. We had yeah. actually multiple sit downs with them. Yeah. I presented that's our business wonderful. plan for them to say, hey, poke holes in this. Tell me what you think. Tell me what you see that I'm ah. doing wrong that I need to be doing. Yep. That's amazing on all fronts. Lots of uh, Yeah, lots of planning. Yeah. Lots of planning. Cool. Well, in the restaurant business, that's probably one of the tougher businesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. We didn't even consider else. opening a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was a strong no. I wouldn't have said any yes to that. I vowed as a child I would never own a restaurant after my parents owned two. And I was like, no way. Won't do this. Can't do it. They loved it, but it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And they are, yeah, restaurants are very difficult to, to maintain. And they were successful, so we were blessed. But, um, but yeah, it was Wonderful. hard work. Well, yeah, having a front row seat, you, you got to see, again, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And, and, uh, Absolutely. And oh, she was in the pits. Was, she wasn't in the front seat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and kudos to your parents, too, for being able to verbalize it and to share it. Oops. Yeah, my earplug guys died. Okay, you go ahead. So that we've, we're well mic'd. We're using Bluetooth <laughs> earbuds oh, yeah. to be able to hear you guys. <laughs> you know, it's... I think a lot of small businesses, since we're talking, we're doing video, we're talking a little bit now about the technology. Are you guys using video in any way to market your business? And do you plan to? You're the marketing guru. What are we doing, babe? So we do put out videos. We put out, of course, we put out social media clips and stuff like that. We just actually did a video. She did a couple of videos recently. She did an aesthetics video. Then she also did basically like a talk on some of our nutrient products that we sell in the store, some of our vitamins and stuff like that. So we do do a lot of video, not as much as... I would like. That's my fault. I hate them. But it's one of those things where I don't want to do them either. So I don't push her too much to do them. So I just hate them. They're, just, they're hard. They're important. So for anybody listening, they're important. But some of us, I'm a behind the scene kind of girl. I like to be with my patients. I like one-on-ones. I'm, I'm not big on marketing. It is just not the provider in me doesn't doesn't understand that whole aspect very well. I've never had to. So marketing is definitely difficult to me. I have understood in the past three months and realized how important videos are as a tool for marketing. I just have to get more comfortable in front of the camera. But speaking as a new business owner, that's the last thing that a new business owner should focus on. There is, there are the social media and the every, unless you're in a business that is solely around that word of mouth face-to-face and google my business way more important yeah find there yeah networking. You're starting a brand new- i would agree with that network yeah networking is 
huge. We spent so much time initially on like social media. And don't get me wrong, there are probably certain businesses that that is a great avenue. But as a medical clinic, people want to know you personally. If they're going to refer to you, if they're going to come to you, they want to know you. And a social media clip is just doesn't cut it. It's very difficult for me to convey how I am as a person in during a primary care visit through a video like it's difficult. Social media and videos are for people selling products. When I say that, I mean, if you have something that you want to show people a physical thing that they can get, that's a great avenue for them. When you're talking about a service, because we're providing a service, it's not really the best. You really want the, the word of mouth to be the number one thing, because if you have one patient come in here and they say they had a great experience, they're going to tell 10 people. Same same thing. If they have a bad experience, they're unfortunately, they're going to tell 100 people. So you really want to hone down on your skills about your in-person, hey, this is me. This is what I do. That's why in-person networking is very important and reaching people truly with yourself, not a 10 second clip that you posted on social media. But in definitely in my experience, looking at our numbers and everything and wasting so much time focusing on getting this social media following, it was when I say Google, my business is so much more important near me, whatever someone's looking for, they're going to put near me. And as a brick and mortar service provider, we want that should have been our focus from the beginning and having a clean Google My Business, making sure people are leaving your reviews, you're replying to reviews and making sure all your stuff on your Google business is the same reflected in your website is as a new business, focus on that. The social media will come way down the line when you have more time and more energy and more people that can focus on that stuff. Google my business. Okay. Great advice. Great, Absolutely. Great advice. I would also say, you know, you guys, we're doing this podcast. You've done another podcast. I think of that as sort of networking by proxy. Because you're spending more time, it's not a 10-second clip. You know, it's a 30-minute mm -hmm. conversation. Then you get a chance to, to kind of see how the person is. And if you see them several times, you feel like you know them, even if you've never met them. And so, yep. you know, I think that's where you guys are doing also doing yourself. This is also... Also, a mentoring thing is letting people know, hey, they're like, hey, we are successful, but we made these mistakes. Here are these pitfalls that you can avoid if you take some of the advice that we give you. Like, don't make these same mistakes and you'll be way more successful. We will share our blueprint of what what we've done to whoever wants to listen. Mm -hmm. If they say they're going to open up a clinic just like ours across the street, we will help you. We don't mind because there's no competition. Everybody, there's... And where we live, it's enough populated where we just want people to get the best care. And we don't feel like people are getting the best care with the traditional medicine route. So the more places that do the things that we do, that do specialized testing, that spend more time and effort with the patients, the better everybody's going to be. And the more that those people are going to say, hey, this is the type of treatment I'm getting. Go find a place like this. Mm -hmm. Get these treatments. Get off all these long-term meds get healthy and happy and the whole world will become better in that way. Awesome. What a vision. I love it. So how can people find you? Where, where do, how do you prefer people to contact you? 
Well, if they like to call and make an appointment with my my beautiful Mm -hmm. wife, you can call 727-330-7769 and talk to my beautiful niece, Zoe. Mm -hmm. Or they can find us at www.enhancebodyic.com. Okay, right. wonderful. Well, I'll make sure we or get that in the, in the body, show notes. And... Or they can put enhanced body into Google, and they'll <laughs> definitely find us. Cool. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well done. Well, this has been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure getting to yes. know you, Mai. And uh, we'll look forward to, well, we'll look forward to when, when this is published and, and hearing the feedback. All Thank right. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Cool. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Yeah,